Hi, it's Radhika Jones, Editor-in-Chief of Vanity Fair. If you love digging into the week's political headlines, subscribe to Vanity Fair. Our reporters take you behind the scenes of some of the biggest stories from the campaign trail to the halls of Congress. Just for our Inside the Hive listeners, save 15% on a yearly digital subscription to Vanity Fair with promo code POD15. That's VanityFair.com, promo code POD15, for 15% off one year of all you can read, watch, and hear. Hey there, welcome to Vanity Fair's special coverage, Fox on Trial, or uh, Fox no longer on trial. I'm Brian Stelter, and yes, this week's show is all about the settlement. We can now put a dollar figure on what it cost Fox News to broadcast all those lies about the 2020 election. It's $787.5 million being paid out to Dominion Voting Systems. That is the largest defamation settlement ever reported for any media company in the United States. But the cost to Fox goes far beyond the money. And today we're going to break that down. Uh, Here in the room with me, a Vanity Fair special correspondent, Molly Jong-Fast, also the host of the Fast Politics Podcast. Welcome, Molly. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. And my boss, Michael Calderon, the editor of Vanity Fair's The Hive. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for being here. I belatedly filed my column to you just now. Yeah. <laughs> I, my head is spinning with thoughts about this. Well, here's the thing. This is not over yet. I mean, that this is what I was saying to folks overnight, you know, in, in the first few hours after we learned of the settlement. This story is far from over. So I think we should start with the settlement, but then, right. but then go beyond that. Uh, Molly, where were you? What were you thinking? How did you react when you heard $787.5 million? I think for me— A lot of us felt that a trial might have righted the ship when it comes to Fox's, uh, you know, egregious lies. And we will never see that trial. I understood why the lawyers had to accept it. But it sounds like you were disappointed. You know, ultimately, so much of our economy and especially our legal system is about money. And so I wasn't totally surprised, but I was. I thought that a trial might ultimately uh, be more of a victory for the American people. Yeah, it feels to me like Dominion won and actually Fox won. Yes. And the public lost. lost. Yeah. Okay, Michael, 3.58 p.m., where were you? Yeah. What were you thinking? What was it like? Where was I? I was in the Vanity <laughs> Fair newsroom. <laughs> one floor up, to be exact. <laughs> you know, we had this conversation anytime we talked about covering this trial, really going back months and months. There was always the caveat. There could be a settlement at any time. So we always had it in the back of our mind but it really felt like, especially after the delay on Monday, we were going to have a trial. Yeah. And then Tuesday happened that myself and another reporter here were listening to the audio feed throughout the day in the trial. And there would be some conversation that it was off for a while. Then opening statements were going to be coming in the afternoon. And so, again, there was these delays and delays and delays. 358, we're listening and hear that all parties had to resolve their dispute. And uh, there was definitely an audible gasp. And I (laughs) think everybody in the newsroom all of a sudden was like, uh, what's happening? What are you going to do? What are we going to cover it? And luckily, you know, we were were prepared for the possibility of a settlement and jumped right on it. But it was shocking because this is—Fox controls its own narrative. Fox has always controlled its own narrative. And this was going to be one opportunity where Rupert Murdoch to Tucker Carlson to Shauna Hannity— would not be in control. They would have to answer the questions that were put before them under oath. And I think a lot of people wanted to see how they would respond. We, we saw so much in the disclosures already 
and we know how they were feeling in real time, whether just the, the gossipy stuff about how Tucker feels about Trump, but more importantly, what Rupert Murdoch and others were saying about the 2020 election. That this, you know, we know that this election was not stolen from Donald Trump, and we know that the people inside Fox News and the upper echelons knew this as well, regardless of what they were going to tell their audience. And so we would have actually seen them have to answer questions in a context where where they weren't the ones programming, where they were where they were answering mm-hmm. uh, what the lawyers wanted uh, wanted to know. And that's why it's not a surprise that Fox wanted to settle. It's maybe a surprise that Dominion was willing to. Yeah, uh, you know, my, my impression is. The judge really wanted them to settle, was giving them, as one source said to me, giving them time and space, you know, to reach that deal. And, you know, Dominion warmed to it. And then Fox was still too far away on the number. Maybe Monday night it was revived, but it wasn't until Tuesday midday that that Fox finally got to that figure. I mean, I, I maybe there's a spreadsheet somewhere, right, where right. Dominion and Fox are trading but, numbers. But, I mean, I just want to talk about this Jack Schaefer piece in Politico because— He said Rupert won. Rupert won. That's what won. I was saying. Right. Dominion won and Fox won in right. this. And, I mean, I understand being a Dominion lawyer, realizing that your company has, whatever, a $100 million valuation and being offered, you know, whatever, eight times that, or seven times that. I mean, I understand that there was a sort of capitalist pressure— but I think a lot of us, and again, you know, that Rupert doesn't, they don't, I mean, again, we don't really know this. We don't know what they're forced to do, but he may not have to apologize on air. I think we can say confidently they're not going to apologize no, on no, air. Yeah. I, this, I think we can say that confidently. So um, there you go. I think we can say that there's not going to be, you know, a change on the air in other in right. other ways. I mean, it's not as if they're going to, uh, yeah, it's, this was entirely about money. Yeah. Right. And Fox is accustomed to paying money. Well, this is what rich people do. Right. They pay to make their problems go away. This is a story as old as time. This is more money than they've ever paid. And right. as you said at the beginning, this is more money than any uh, media defamation case that we've ever seen, or at least that we know about in terms of the payout. At the same time, I remember covering the phone hacking case from here right. and getting up at like five in the morning <laughs> to watch these hearings, these parliament hearings. And, and that was a point where you thought, the Murdochs are going to face some accountability. Right, and they avoided it. They they moved on. They're able to steamroll. They they shuttered the news of the world. They paid over $100 million, and the Murdoch machine moved on. So you're right. As Jack Schaefer wrote, R- Rupert Murdoch does win again. He loses a lot of money, but he's not losing the company. And there's a precedent for yeah. this, right? Seth Rich, the phone hacking, and then you have the fascinating— Bill O'Reilly settlement, which I feel like segues into more Bill O'Reilly stuff. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of Bill O'Reilly, it's it's almost as the Fox trial brought out this entire cast of characters, even former stars on Fox, you know, came out of the woodwork. So O'Reilly came out with this column on Tuesday afternoon. He says, well, ever since I left Fox, the template changed from fair and balanced to tell the audience what it wants to hear. <laughs> as if, the, you know, as if Fox News before <laughs> right. 2016. This is, this is this, the voice of reason, Bill O'Reilly. And, you know, <laughs> incredible journalistic powerhouse, Michael. In a sense, and, and the Dominion. The Dominion folks are right in suggesting that, you know, this is this is this is a strike for democracy in Fox News making this huge payout. And at the same time, Fox News is is going to be moving on. Mm. All they said in their statement was something to the effect that some of the claims about Dominion were false. But they're not going on at 8 p.m. and saying explicitly, we misled our viewers about the 2020 election. You're not doing anything so explicit. And 
a lot of Fox viewers, I think, probably will not even know that this happened or maybe know it peripherally, but are going to keep watching. And isn't it so interesting that, you know, the statement says they acknowledged (laughs) that the court found the Dominion claims to be false, did not apologize. I mean, there's a nuance to every word in these statements. Roger Ailes, when he ran Fox, he was known to say, never apologize, right? We never apologize. That was part of his MO. And that's still part of Fox's DNA that they view that. It's very much like Donald Trump, that an apology is weakness. You must always show strength. And so I think, you know, clearly Dominion was not holding out for an apology because they've accepted this without one. But it was so clear that it was important to Fox not to be seen apologizing. Right. But the other thing is they make a lot of money on cable on cable carriage fees. I mean— Well, that's the real story. Here. Yeah. I mean, the real story here is Fox has a brand to protect long term. They take a almost $800 million hit in the short term. They can afford it, as yeah. we've said. And they're in the middle of renewing their cable deals with a lot of big cable and satellite companies. Right. Uh, for, for, for billions of dollars. Yeah. They're, they're going to get billions out of these new cable carriage deals. And the reason they're going to do it is no carrier can afford to cut Fox. I think right, we have to reckon right. with the reality of, right. of how this works. No Comcast and Charter, these companies cannot afford to drop Fox. No, I was going to say, we, we saw a carriage uh, dispute recently with Newsmax, which right. is a, fraction, a <laughs> fraction of the influence of Fox News. And that, you know, brought Republican members of Congress calling for hearings and, and going Serious. on TV. The idea of cable carriers trying to drop Fox in, in, in light of this, it's, it's just not going to happen. It's not going right. to happen. By, by the way, Fox also insists that advertisers were not spooked by this scandal. And I'm, I'm not sure I entirely believe yeah. that, but I think I mostly do because I have not seen a real change in the in the brand sponsorships. But the, the advertisers air. at this point who are sticking with Fox are not people for whom this kind of thing. It's not every blue chip company. Yes, that's an important point. But I mean, I do think Fox played, in a way, if you're looking at this as, you know, without caring about the death of American democracy, they have for themselves played it very well, right? Mm. They saw they were losing market share to these further right networks. They pivoted to further right. They didn't care because they consider themselves to be an entertainment network anyway. And then they picked up, you know, they got the ratings back and now... They got sued. They settled. It's a lot of money. But again, they have the viewership. So what is it? I mean, they were rewarded for their bad behavior, ultimately. What do you mean rewarded? Well, they had, you know, now they're going to have these cable carriage fees. They're going to be better because of the viewership. So ultimately, you know, the Mm. system rewarded them for just taking the basest possible Mm. By the way, some people there would disagree that they're an entertainment outlet. Right. Uh, but they I are. like to think of it as a lifestyle brand, <laughs> you know, because when, you, when you're when you a Fox fan, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of life. Right. And that sounds overdramatic, but it's true. But they have entertainment level standards. And look, the documents, the emails, right. the texts, right. they have shown, they've proven how reckless right. the behavior was. I do think it's notable that Fox let some of that, so much of that get out yeah. because yeah. they could have tried to, I mean, they, we know they did try to settle this, but they could have paid out more earlier to avoid some of the embarrassing disclosures. Right, Michael? Right, right. And and what the disclosure showed is, is if we're talking about what Fox News is, this is not fundamentally, this is not how a news operation works. Right. You don't start thinking about our audience wants this, so we're going to tailor the news and information that we're putting out there yeah. to cater to them if it's not true. And it was it was, the, the, the amazing thing when I always think back to the 2020 election is is Fox News calling Arizona and calling Arizona right. correctly mm. before most other networks. And that was on the, you know, uh, 
after the election on November 3rd. And by November 7th, Fox News and every outlet called the election correctly, accurately for Joe Biden. And that would have been the end of it at any other time. It wasn't even particularly close. Joe Biden had 306 electoral votes. It wasn't hanging by one state. It wasn't Florida in 2000. It was decisive and it was clear. And I think every other news network moved on. Fox started recognizing and freaking out that these more fringe networks, One American News and Newsmax, were were biting into their their uh, their demographic and needed a way to respond. So they news fired are, everyone. So they fired the people who got it right, people right. like Chris Starwalt, and they started trying to you know cater to the election conspiracy crowd. Well, and they, this they, is remember, this is remember what they called it: respect the audience, respect the right. audience, respect right. the audience, respect the audience by misleading them about the something as fundamental as the election. And, you know, that that is undermining democracy. And that's what they were doing. And again, this is not how any news organization covers an yeah, election. But you say news outlet. It really it kind of bugged me to see on Tuesday after the settlement, a lot of the, the coverage kept using the word journalism. Mm. And right. it, kinda, it made me a little squeamish. Like, there are journalists at Fox. Some of them uh, try really hard to fight against the current and report yeah. what is going on. However, that said, what we're talking about here, this wasn't journalism. No. Right. What Marie Bartiromo was doing was uh, peddling false hope to her yeah. minds of viewers, making them believe that maybe there was a way Trump could actually seize and stay in power. Like it's it's this is like this is where we get into that entertainment debate right. too, where what they are doing is 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 entertainment, um, but cloaked or or disguised as journalism. It and unfortunately, like it's an abuse of the, the English language. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> when true. We, when we mix up some of these terms. I think a lot of people, and not just me, I think a lot of people who are can, were hoping that we would be able to see how the sausage got made. And so we'd be able to sort of stop this flood of misinformation and disinformation that has, you know, radicalized a good portion of the American public. I'm glad you mentioned the sausage making because the emails and texts did go some of the way towards showing us the insides of Fox. But I think it's important. We we note, Michael, now that there's been a settlement, uh, the stuff that's been secret now stays secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in all those filings, there were all those there's redactions, redactions yeah. you know. Like I noticed there was a there was a page of um text messages between me and the head of Fox News PR <laughs> that, showed, that showed up in the court filings. Well, it was in September of 2020, and I was saying to Irina Briganti, um, so what are you gonna do when Sean Hannity contradicts your decision desk? Which, you know, is kind of what happened in a softer yeah. way. You know, so so messages like those were revealed in the document dumps, but there were many, many pages that were redacted, yeah. hundreds of pages that were redacted. And now they will stay redacted. We're not gonna know what's in those files. Yeah. And this is and this is why we're talking about some former Fox people. I think it was Gretchen Carlson. Yeah. When there was a d- delay earlier this week. <laughs> urging Dominion not to settle, to, to, to be able to, to, to find out some of, the, some of those things that were redacted initially. And they also had to appoint a special master on Monday because it looked like Fox was hiding more stuff that needed to be seen in Discovery. Remember that. Mm. So they, if this is what they're showing us, imagine what they weren't showing us. And Fox was going to have to pay the bills for that yeah. special master. Now it won't have to. Mm-hmm. So when we think about this $787 million figure— I think it's a, a staggering sum of money, even for Fox. I think it's a huge amount of money, but they're getting a lot for their money. Right, <laughs> they're they're right. keeping these redactions and they're keeping Rupert uh, from having to go to Wilmington. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, and keeping Tucker from having to go to Wilmington. All I mean, these Fox stars having to right. go to Joe Biden's home state. But imagine how damaging it would be for them. I mean, and we even saw a polling that showed that people in the Fox News misinformation dome were aware of this lawsuit. 
Stick around. We'll be right back with Molly and Michael. There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, do you think there's ever going to be moments that, that Fox's coverage is going to be different because of this? I mean, do you think there's going to be any any more care or sensitivity on the air? I don't Tell think us there, how cynical you are. I don't think there will be any more care or sensitivity <laughs> on the air. There okay. might be more care in what they put in emails or in text right. messages. Right. Oh. Yeah. Because of this, what we learned in the discovery phase of this this uh, abruptly ended trial. Yeah. But I, I don't think there'll be any more care because, like, we have all watched Fox for many years and we've covered Fox for years and we have not seen the responsible side. And as Brian, you said, there are some journalists trying to get accurate information out there. We don't see that side winning out much of the time. Mm-hmm. And what these disclosures revealed, there was one of the telling moments was when you had a Fox News reporter actually fact checking Trump. And then you have the host, people like Tucker Carlson, pushing back that yeah. they, they don't want her <laughs> out there fact checking right. uh, the former president about you know, uh, false claims about the election. So it seems like, yes, there is there is that that news gathering arm. And, and I know they have there's some good correspondents overseas that work for Fox News. Right. But that side doesn't win out in the end because because they accurately called the 2020 election and then went back on it and started feeding and yeah. fueling misinformation and conspiracies when there were 60 lawsuits after the 2020 election. Mm. Uh, that were thrown out of court because they lacked merit. Mm-hmm. Anyone covering this stuff who were covering Sidney Powell, covering Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani in real time in yeah. November and December, other news outlets were giving them the proper scrutiny. And I think anyone who was watching this realized that their claims lacked merit. Both courts <laughs> saw that, as well as journalists who were covering this stuff. Fox kept putting it on the air. So, uh, you know, and then we 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 head into January 6th where Fox is helping promote and fuel these conspiracies about the election. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that about about uh, Rudy and Sidney Powell. And by the way, some of these folks are still facing other lawsuits right. from Dominion and Smartmatic. And right. this is this is why this is sort of the beginning, not the end. What really always you know gets to me about Fox and Trump and and the Trump uh, universe is because Fox kind of treated. Trump as the truth and, you know, bestowed upon him credibility that he not only not did not deserve, but squandered and, and clearly he was proven not to deserve. Because they propped him up in that way, then they get to a point where in November of 2020, they're taking Rudy seriously when the rest of the American news media knows otherwise, right. knows not to do it. And yet Fox, because they, they had invested essentially the entire network into Trump and into his truthiness— they had to. They kind of had to either pretend or actually believe the Rudy and Cindy pals, and that is like to me the fundamentally what was broken about those years. Well, let's go back to your question to Fox in fall of 2020 about Sean Hannity. What happens <laughs> when Sean Hannity disputes the election the, the election mm. desk? Because that's something we all saw coming miles and miles away. Exactly. Donald Trump after the 2016 election, which he won, 
lied about the 2016 election, saying millions voted illegally. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. He, couldn't he undermined gr- his own victory. He undermined his victory <laughs> because right. he couldn't seem to deal with the fact that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. So he had to Ooh. lie about it. In the months and months leading up to 2020 election, he was he was undermining the election at every step. That mail-in ballots were were going to be leading to um, widespread fraud. And he was talking about fraud all the time. He he refused to uh, commit to a peaceful transfer of power. I mean, we were writing months and months leading up to it. It was clear as day. People were asking, what if Trump goes on Twitter on election night and declares himself victor? Mm-hmm. And then he did. Yeah. <laughs> he went. He declared himself two in the morning. at the White House. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Worse than Twitter. Around two in the morning yeah. on November fourth, that he that he won. So we all saw it coming a mile away. Yeah. And to 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 kind of feign this innocence as if that's what it was feigned innocence. And exactly. Fox saying, "Oh, we're just report the the president says it, so it's newsworthy." Oh, yes, I right. love that. Things the president says are newsworthy inherently. At the same time, we knew Trump was lying was lying about the election right. before it happened and he was presumably going to keep lying after it happened and it was abundantly clear to anyone covering this in early November that he and people around him were misleading the public about the election and yeah. Fox put that on there and tries to defend themselves by saying well we have to let the president and his lawyers talk you do but they did not give it any of the required scrutiny and the opposite they just amplified the right. false yeah. claims Stick around. We will be right back with more. I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for the New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts. So if next time Trump's interviewed on Fox, which I believe will happen soon, uh, and he uses the word dominion or the word smartmatic, you know, the executives are going to cringe. They might have to, you know, have some backup plan or, or, or have the host interject or something. But, you know, the broader narrative Trump will present in those future interviews is still about fraud. It's still mm-hmm. about grievance. It's still about all of these themes. Uh, so yeah. even if he doesn't name companies that can accuse him of defamation— the broader, the broader big lie is still there, right? And we saw the public re- reject a number of election deniers who were running in in twenty twenty two. But Carrie Lake, who lost, did she though? Well, <laughs> if you ask Carrie Lake, I'm she gone. did not lose the uh, the the governor's race. She she's presumably going to run for Senate in twenty twenty four. A lot of these people aren't leaving, as Molly's written mm. about over and over again. Trumpism is still what dominates the GOP base. Yeah. And as we were, as she was writing months ago, it's either going to be Trump or somebody who's pushing Trumpism like DeSantis, although it is looking more and more like it is going to be Donald Trump as a Republican nominee in 2024. It is what the base wants. It's what the Republican Party wants. It is still it is still all there. And he's going to be running, pushing the same the same bogus claims about the election that he always did. Should we view that as a threat to Fox, maybe an even more expensive threat than the Dominion lawsuit? Because 
All this week, Trump was yelling at Fox, shouting in all caps on Truth Social, yeah. that Fox should just admit the truth about voter fraud, <laughs> and that'll weaken the position of Dominion, and it'll support the patriots at Fox who uh, who told the truth about, you know, when they actually were lying. If Trump is going to run against Fox, which he did at times in 2015, right. mm-hmm. but only at times, isn't that going to prop up Fox's rivals and put us right back where we were in November of 2020? <laughs> I mean, what they're going to be at a race to the bottom, Fox and Newsmax and OAN. It's still hard to see Fox distancing so, themselves from Trump anytime soon. We we saw a, a, there was a there it's was like a, a rubber band. There was a, it's there a was, rubber band, Michael. Every time you pull it apart, it snaps uh, back there together. There was a blip about a month or so ago. Yep. Uh, Ron DeSantis has a book coming out. Right. He was on Fox 24-7. Him and Brian Kilmeade are playing catch. He's showing off yeah. his, his days as a college baseball player. It seemed like Fox was just, you know, so all in. And you've had the other sort of parts of the Murdoch universe, the Wall Street Journal, right. uh, and the Opinion Post. Page, the New York Post going all in on DeSantis. But if it's just not clicking with the audience and we right. see that that the party is still very much for Trump, where do you think Fox News is going to be? They're not yeah. going to they're they will they would probably get behind the DeSantis if they thought DeSantis could do it. But if he's not going to they're not going to support a Democrat if it's Donald right. Trump as the nominee. Mm. They may be stuck with Trump no matter what. No matter what Rupert yeah. Murdoch privately thinks of Trump, no matter what Tucker Carlson privately thinks of Trump, mm. it seems like Fox is still going to be stuck with Trump. Mm. And I mean, I think that an important data point here is that even when you were talking about that time, there was a sort of soft ban on Trump. Mm-hmm. Right. So Trump wasn't even on Fox for a couple weeks and he was furious. I and think there was, more than a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, there, and he was furious and there was a lot of pushback. And so they really did give DeSantis as much of a try as they theoretically could. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tr- Trump is transactional. Yeah. And as much as he howls on Truth Social or previously Twitter, mm-hmm. if Fox will start putting him on again and he'll be back to being the the king of the party on Fox, I think he will just keep doing it. And he's had a couple interviews since then. Since that soft ban, since there was this period where he was not on and DeSantis was getting all this attention and Trump was railing against Fox. If Fox sort of pushes DeSantis to the side and brings him back as the main character again, I think Trump will be fine with Fox again. He seems to—he gets mad, then he's he's back. You can be back in his good graces if you— Kowtow him. Well, Trump needs Fox as much as Fox needs Trump. Mm. I mean, they— He may need Fox even more. Right. You know, you go on Newsmax, you're not going to get the same numbers. Mm -hmm. Right. right? You're not going to go on MS. CNN's not going to have you. I mean, there are just a limited amount of places where Trump can go. That's an interesting question, by the way. If Trump were willing to appear on CNN, would Mm. CNN have him on? I don't know. Just interesting question as a former CNN anchor here. It's been since 2016. There hasn't been an interview, right? Uh, it might have been 2017, but the, the issue with Trump, of course, if you're interviewing him live, he he may well defame Dominion and Smartmatic again. I mean, the, the, yeah. it is a there is just, there are certain risks, uh, including for Fox, that don't exist when you're interviewing others. Um, and uh, and I just, that's an interesting data point here. Uh, Tucker's name has come up a bunch. We, we know sure. according to these messages that uh, Tucker said Trump's good at destroying things. He hates Trump passionately. At least he felt that in the moment. Um, we don't see any change in Tucker, do we? <laughs> no. I don't think we see any change. I mean, Tucker is proving that he can pretty much do and say whatever he wants mm-hmm. on Fox News right now. It, does, it doesn't seem like there's any executive that can can rein him in. This is, you know, we all know covering Fox back during the Roger Ailes days. You know, Roger Ailes 
ruled Fox. Right. And even even the most opinionated hosts still had to answer Roger. At this at this time, it doesn't seem like the Tucker Carlson's of the world right. have to really answer to Suzanne Scott. And and by a lot of reporting says that Lachlan Murdoch and Tucker are close, that he right. yes. that Tucker has, you know. If Lachlan gone. loses Tucker, like Tucker could go tomorrow and be like, I'm going to Newsmax or I'm going to start my own thing. Tucker's probably the only person that could change the ratings calculus in a meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. You mentioned Suzanne Scott. I think one of the questions in the next few months is going to be whether she remains. She's the CEO of Fox News Media. You know, a lot of speculation before the trial about whether she would survive this. And I would just add one more part of that on the table, which is, will any Fox personalities be shown the door as a result of this? I I believe, I don't know which, I'm not going to name names. I believe there will be changes. And, and, you know, Fox is not going to want it to seem like they're reacting to Dominion. Right. But I think they are going to make some changes. Well, it's, it's the same thing about Fox not wanting to apologize. Right. They're not going to want to get rid of any big executive or host in this moment. Right. But you could see quietly, once down the line, something like that happening. Well, they don't want to make it seem like they're, they've done something wrong, which they obviously have. I do think one of the things that Fox has this interesting situation, which is they have these two— and I don't want to say young because they're our age, but anchors who are less white nationalists than Tucker, who I think uh, might be the way out for them. And that is Greg Gunfeld. And by the way, I, personally, as an opinion journalist, my opinion of both of these men is very low. <laughs> but Greg Gutfeld and also uh, uh, Jesse Waters, mm. because those guys, and again, very low opinion of both as an opinion journalist, I can say that. But, um, ha- you know, the five has done really well. Right. With Jesse the- Waters and Greg Uffeld, yeah. And, and then Greg's- Jesse's at seven, Greg's at 11. Yeah. You know what I think is so interesting about both of them? They're both kind of comedians, right? Greg more Com- so than Jesse. Comedians. But, well, they, Com- they, they, they go for laughs. And they both kind of, they rose in the Trump years, but they really rose even more in the Biden years. Yeah. I viewed their ascendance in the Biden years as, oh, as a Democrat in office. Let's laugh about it. Yeah. Like, let's make jokes. Let's rag on him. You know, that's that's what Fox does that, frankly, other networks don't do. They go, they do comedy or they, yeah. what they consider comedy. 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 I mean, yeah, I do think it's comedy. But I also think, like, people like discourse. I mean, that's the thing with The Five. People like those anchors screaming at each other. It's comfortable. It's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. topped It's topped Fox's ratings in recent months. Right. The Five, right. even more than prime time. Right. So, I mean, The Five is like people actually like interactions. And remember— Jessica is a big part of the five. Jessica Tarloff yeah. is uh, the, kind of one of the one of the few liberals left yeah. at Fox. Um, the five is the you know it's it's like the dream of a Fox viewer, which is almost everybody agrees with me. Right. But there's this one you know usually young woman <laughs> who it's you know pretty. has crazy progressive ideas, yeah. and we can tell her how wrong she is. <laughs> like that is an ideal party yeah. for the Fox fan to yeah. go to, and it that's the neighborhood they want to live in. Yeah. That show is like a, you know a but reflection of it. Right. But it's not I mean, like you listen to Tucker and it's like we, you know, it's terrifying. I mean, some of the stuff he comes up with is like right out of. I agree with you that he's hitting the the fear buttons much more explicitly. And white nationalist talking points. So that versus like, you know, everyone yelling at Jessica for being a liberal. I mean, I don't I think the five is less destructive than Tucker. I like where we're going in this conversation because it's a reminder that. Fox has many things in one. Right. It's complicated and interesting and unlike anything else in media. Yeah. And so much of the Dominion case was really about, like, it was about Lou Dobbs. It was about Janine Pirro. It was about Maria Bartiromo. A few shows on Fox 
you know, three or four hours worth of the 24-hour day. Yeah. But there's so many other layers to the story. There's so many other layers to what Fox does and how it influences and warps the GOP. Um, and the Dominion case was about kind of one or two slices of that. Right. But it's, there's a lot more to go. There's a lot more about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Michael, the Dominion lawyers, when they came out to the courtroom, they, they, they came out to the courthouse steps and they said, money is accountability. Mm-hmm. I, I guess as we wrap up, is do we think that's true? Do we agree with that? Is 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 money a form of accountability? Uh, will Fox feel this in a significant way? Or will we look back and say, you know, this was like a speed bump or something for Fox and they barely even felt it? I think it's a form of accountability. <laughs> I don't think it's the ultimate accountability. I think for Dominion, it's clearly very good. For the public, though, they're, they're missing out on the opportunity right. to hear from these people and, and have them, you know, face, face questions. And that is a level of accountability that, that is, is lacking. Mm. So in some sense, yeah, yes, they're, they're paying $787.5 million. They are acknowledging that there were false claims. They, I think, pretty clearly could see that they did not have a good case going <laughs> forward. So this was a bad case for Fox. So Fox, I think, recognized Paying the money means that they don't have to put their people on the stand. Right. And they don't have to answer questions under oath. And more disclosures are not going to come out. So they are being held accountable to a degree, but not as far as I think a lot of people believe they should be. Mm. There's so many X factors now. Like One of them I just occurred to me as you we were speaking was, will other companies feel emboldened to file these suits? And not necessarily just against Fox, but, right. you know— um, through the discovery process, Dominion did find so much. Will other companies now take a shot? Yeah. And is that, you know, for better or worse for our media environment, but, you know, is that that's one of the X factors now heading out of this. Right. What That's the case against defamation, especially when you're in the media, is like it opens the door to more defamation, to a broader definition of defamation. To more and more of these lawsuits. Right. right. And to right. possibly this very conservative Supreme Court that has three Trump in, installed justices changing the definition of defamation. Remember, on the right, they love defamation. And want to, I, I would say they the want one, to loosen. Right. They want right. to loosen libel laws, which yeah. then, of course, could bite, bite back at, at some right wing outlets. But, I would just say one thing, which is that this was a situation where you had this major media outlet really radicalizing a group of people with disinformation. And the hope was that using this legal case, that would somehow undo this, right? That that would somehow provide the American people with the information they needed about Fox. And and it really was using a screwdriver on a nail, right? Like, it was never designed for that. This is a public company. And at the end of the day, they could not, they had to serve their shareholders. So I do think that what is interesting about this is that it really was never designed for what a lot of us wanted it to do. Hmm. It was always about the money. Vanity Fair special correspondent, Molly Jong Fast, thank you for the conversation. Hi, editor Michael Catteron. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. We can get thank back you. to editing now. Yeah. So Fox is not on trial anymore, but as you can tell here, there's still a lot more to talk about. So we will be back. This episode was produced by Michael May. Our executive producer is Stephen Valentino. We had engineering assistance from Kevin Barasa and Bob Mallory. 
I'm Brian Stelter. You can find me on Twitter at Brian Stelter. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at vanityfair.com backslash newsletters. And we will be back in your podcast feed next week. And if you are watching this video, either I'm dead or I'm in a very, very, very bad situation. She said, oh my God, I can hear gunshots. I can hear men outside. Where are they? What have they done to them? Are they dead? Are they not dead? There is one suspect, her father, the Sheikh. It's Madeline Barron from In the Dark. We've teamed up with our new colleague, Heidi Blake, at The New Yorker to try to answer a question about one of the richest men in the world, the ruler of Dubai. Why do the women in Sheikh Mohammed's family keep trying to run away? There's five policemen outside and two policewomen inside the house. So basically I'm a hostage. And he reminded me that Sheikh Mohammed can get me anywhere. Because you're a rich and powerful person, you can effectively break any law you want in our country and get away with it. The Runaway Princesses is available now. Follow In the Dark wherever you get your podcasts. from PRX.